You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> hey guys, producer Darren here. Have you heard? Cindy Stewart has a new book. It's called New Moves of God. This book will open your spiritual eyes to see what God is doing so you can position yourself to be part of one of the most significant invasions of world culture in kingdom history. It will empower you to step into God's moves as he releases new anointings and new assignments that will far surpass your wildest imaginations. If you're a listener of her podcast, I'm sure that caught your attention. You can get your hands on that book right now. Just visit cindy-stewart.com or check out the link in the description or show notes. Again, that's cindy-stewart.com. Cindy Stewart podcast, a source for encouragement as you learn to discover God's dream for your life. With a passion to help you on your journey, here is your host, Cindy Stewart. Hi, I'm Cindy Stewart and welcome to my show. I'm so glad that you invest your time to spend with me. And I know today will be very fruitful for you. I want to share a little bit about a new book I just wrote. It's called The New Moves of God. And it's interesting, as we began to think about what God is doing in this season, we look and see that there are things happening that we haven't seen before. And I'm going to share a little bit about that, just give you some highlights from the book. You can always go onto my website and buy it. It's cindy-stewart.com, or you can buy it on Amazon and have it shipped directly to your house. If you'd like a signed copy, make sure you send me a note on my website that you want it signed, and I'm glad to sign it for you. But God did this funny thing with me. I've, I've written four other books, so this is my fifth book. And about nine months, a year ago, it started brewing in me. I could feel a book brewing in me. And I would do things, write things, preach things, speak at conferences. And I thought, oh, that would be a good thing for a book. And one morning I woke up and suddenly it was like, begin to write now. Now, when I write, I don't do like these long outlines and all this kind of things. I just write until the book is finished. So I am a business coach. I do Uh, professional consulting with businesses. I'm a pastor. I'm a wife. I'm a mother. I have grandchildren. So it's not like I could put my whole life on hold to write this book. But you know, God just began to burn it in me. So I want to encourage you, if God is burning something in you, no matter what it is, whether it's to write a book, whether it's to change jobs, expand your family, start a business, move to a different location. If God is burning that in you, begin to agree with God for the timing to do it. And what'll happen is you'll be going along, going along, and then suddenly you'll know that everything has aligned and it's time for you to go and get started. So let me tell you a little bit about this because favor is resting on us right now. And you know what's happening or there are doors opening for us that really they just take my breath away because the most unexpected things that just stir you and and you're just like I love doing this 
I like this TV show. I love doing this was a suddenly. And all of a sudden, it all began to line up. The doors began to open. The introductions began to happen. And next thing you know, here I am doing a show. This is my third season. So know that God is doing that for you too. So begin to steward what you're passionate about. Begin to really say, God, this is burning in me. Open up the doors and set the timing so that I know that I know that it's time to step in. So let me tell you a little bit about this book. So I wrote this book in three weeks, which is a miracle because I told you what my schedule is like and I didn't not do my job. I just had this window of opportunity open and God began to wake me up anywhere between two, three or four o'clock in the morning. And I know for some of you, you're thinking, I don't go to bed till then. Well, for some of us, we're early morning people and some for some of us, they're late evening. So God may do something for you at midnight to three in the morning that for me, I would be sound asleep. So don't let the time throw you off. But he began to wake me up in the, in the early morning. I never needed an alarm clock. And for three weeks straight, I still traveled. I still worked. I still preached on Sundays. I still played with my granddaughter. I even played tennis, which is, you know, one of my passions. And I got the book done. Out of those three weeks, there was only one day that I did not write. The rest of the time, I would just write until it was time to go to work or write until it was time for the next thing that was planned on my schedule. And if I felt a little tired, I would just say, Lord, replenish me. And I learned that quite a few years ago from my dear friend, Patricia King. She has a book called The Replenishment Anointing that teaches you how to receive a replenishment from the Lord when you're feeling uh, sapped and dried out and worn out, just get that replenishing anointing from the Lord. So I, let me just release that on you now. If anyone's watching and feel like they're just exhausted or at the end of their rope, the Lord wants to replenish you and pour an anointing on you to give you enough energy to do what you need to do plus what you want to do, right? We know we need to work, but we want to have fun too. So I just released that replenishing anointing over you. So here I am writing this book and I knew that I had to have it done by a certain amount of time. So it would be ready for a conference I was speaking at. So all in all, total amount of time for, for me to write it, which took three weeks for it to go through editing and publishing, which took another three weeks. I had six weeks from beginning to end for it to be done. And it got done. But there were days I would wake up and I'd say, Lord, I don't know how this is possible. I have no idea how this is going to get done. And God would remind me, you have more than enough time to accomplish what you need to accomplish. Now, I want you to repeat that after me. I have more than enough time to accomplish what I want to accomplish. So know that the Lord will expand time. He will accelerate your ability. He will hold time so that you're able to complete another paragraph or that one chapter or uh, that extra errand that you need to run or the time to work on your invention or apply for a new job. He will make room for that. Uh, I always say that if you want God in your life, then inviting into every detail of your life, including 
how much time in the day do you have? He would even tell me not only when to get up, but he would tell me when to go to bed. I would be sitting there. I might be watching TV or just putzing around. And he'd say, it's time to get ready for bed. And I know that he would tell me to go to bed at a certain time so that I would be ready to wake up at that other time. And I was getting between most of the time, seven and eight hours every night. Some nights it was only six, but it was like I was energized to do this. So I want you to remember, you have more than enough time and God will replenish whatever you expend in energy to encourage you to move forward. So I'm going to share a little bit from my book. And like I said, I'm super excited about doing that today. Uh, And the part I'm going to share in the book, I talk about the new moves of God. And I talk about how God is repositioning us for what is coming in this season. And uh, he's going to be giving us new anointings to operate from, new assignments for those new anointings. And for some of us, he's going to give us new jobs. Uh, He's going to move us to new locations and he's going to expand what we're already doing into things that we have never thought of before. Now, don't you get excited about that? Because God has your life in his hands and he's looking at it saying, okay, she is ready or he is ready. He's been prepping, he's been prepared and he's ready to move into this new time and season. So know that there's a suddenly coming your way. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about one aspect of the book, and it's called the pioneering spirit. God is releasing a pioneering spirit, a pioneering spirit over his people. And we think of pioneering like Lewis and Clark going across to California. We think of pioneering like Columbus discovering America. But this pioneering spirit is different. We aren't discovering new natural lands, we're taking new territories that the enemy has taken away from us. So we're pioneering uh, new territories for the kingdom of God, which the enemy has gotten a hold of. So are you ready to pioneer a new territory for God? Are you ready to be positioned in a place where you are the one that is sought after for solutions, for resolutions, for interpretations. So let's talk a little bit about the pioneering spirit. Now, uh, actually, a pioneer is someone, and this is a technical definition, it's someone that opens up a new line of thought or a new method. They develop something new and prepare the way for others to follow. God has prepared you to receive this pioneering spirit that you will break into new territory, dig up new ground, and create new paths. And not only that, you will open up the way for others to follow you. You know, I always say that when someone has a breakthrough, it opens up the other the way for others to have breakthrough behind them. So by being a pioneer in these areas, you are opening up a pathway for other people. Now, that's exciting, isn't it? God has designed us, his family, not to merely survive. We aren't in survival mode. God has called us to thrive, to be a thriving group of people 
that others will look at and say, why are they doing so well? Why are they thriving in a time of economic downturn? Or why are they thriving when everything else looks dark and dreary? It's because we're carrying the pioneering spirit with the light of Christ illuminating the way for us to go. Amen. That's so good. So the deposit of this pioneering spirit happened about 50 years ago. And when I start talking about it, you're like, oh yeah, I've heard of this. But sometimes we don't connect the dots together when something new is occurring because we don't realize that someone a long time ago sowed into what we're reaping. You know, the word says that one sows and another reaps. And uh, Jesus says, I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored and you enter into their labors and are able to reap. So how was this pioneering spirit birthed 50 years ago? So I'm going to share a little bit from a book from uh, Lauren Cunningham called Making Jesus Lord. And he shares in 1975, so that's 50 years ago, it's 47 years ago of this recording. In 1975, he's relaxing in Colorado. He's on a little vacation with his family. And the Lord gives him a list. And he says, I was considering how we Christians, not just a mission, but as a part of our whole lives, could turn around the world for Jesus. And this list came to mind, and this is what he called it. It was a category of society which we should focus on in order to turn the nations toward God. He wrote them down and put them in his pocket. Well, the next day, he meets with his friend in Colorado, Bill Bright, who was the leader of Campus Crusade for Christ. And he shared, Bill Bright shared with Lauren something that the Lord had given him too. And it turned out the Lord had given them both the same revelation of this pioneering spirit 50 years ago. And here are the areas of society which they shared with one another. And I'm going to give you the new names as the years have gone by. It's formulated into a, a little clearer picture for us. And you may have heard of these, but here's the refined list. The home, which we now call the family mountain, the church, which we call the religious mountain, schools, which is the education mountain, government and politics, media, arts, entertainment and sports, and commerce, science and technology, which we call the business mountain. So they're the seven spheres of influence to shape our society for Christ. So that is a pining spirit that was sown 50 years ago that we are reaping in this time. And he felt like the mandate was for us to bring godly change to the nation by influencing each one of these mountains. The family, religion, education, government and politics, media, arts, entertainment and sports, and business. Now, I don't know if you guys have known this, but Lance Wall now has done a whole probably 10 years teaching on and helping us understand the seven mountains of influence. And it's not that we have to be the top of every mountain. We don't have to be the president of the United States. We don't have to be the CEO of the largest companies of the, of the world. We don't have to be, you know, the head of the mountains. What they are 
telling us and what we're seeing develop at the hand of God is we are influencing the mountains that we're in. So think about the mountain of of influence that you're in. For me, I'm in the family mountain, of course. I'm in the church mountain, the religious mountain, the media mountain, the business mountain. So I am influencing four mountains. What are you influencing? And I'm not the head of any of those mountains, except maybe my family mountain, but I influence, I bring Christ into each area that I work in. So I want to give us a biblical example of someone who carried a pioneering spirit. And if we look at the book of Daniel, Daniel carried a pioneering spirit. He was taken captive from where, from Jerusalem, he was taken into Babylon and he was put into the government mountain. So he was forced into a situation where he influenced a mountain that was pagan, number one. They weren't believers, but he brought Christ into that. And the way he did it, and I just want to read a scripture, Daniel 1, 8 through 9, it says, But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with wine which he drank, therefore requested of the king of the chief of the eunuchs that he may not defile himself. Now God had brought Daniel into favor and goodwill of the chief of the eunuchs. So Daniel's taken captive. He's put in a situation where the chief of the eunuchs is over him. And he not only commits his way completely to the Lord, but he decides he will not defile himself. And of course, when he goes to the chief eunuch, it terrifies the chief eunuch because he's like, if if you do this and give up the delicacies that all the other men are eating, then you're going to be weak and look uh, uh, wasted away, unlike the other men. And then the king will have my head. Well, Daniel assured him, no, I am going to be even better than that. And so the chief of the eunuchs agreed. For 10 days, he gave him a test. And it's interesting because the chief of the eunuchs had a word that is translated into loving kindness and tender love for Daniel. So Daniel had such favor with the chief that he risked his own life to give Daniel the opportunity to prove that God would take care of him. And it's so interesting that God gave Daniel and his three friends the ability to learn rapidly. They had knowledge and all skill and literature and wisdom. And Daniel had the understanding of visions and dreams, which will come in handy. So after this 10 days of test, King Nebuchadnezzar found Daniel and his three friends to be 10 times better, 10 times better than everyone else. Now, I'm going to ask you this. Are you 10 times better in your workplace, in your family, in your uh, church? Are you 10 times better because the anointing of the Lord on you, because you've committed your ways to him? Are you 10 times better? Do the people at your office look at you and say, boy, 
I wish I could be of excellent spirit just like you are? Are they looking at you as the, the benchmark to reach toward? They should be. So commit your ways into the Lord and let him accelerate and make you an exponential, exponential uh, person that people want to be like. That's exciting. I want to be 10 times better. So I'm going to share just a little bit more of Daniel's story. You know, King Nebuchadnezzar had a dream, and many of you may be familiar with this, but King Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. You can read it in Daniel 2 and 3, all about the dream. And King Nebuchadnezzar commanded, commanded that his magicians, his uh, astrologers, Daniel and his friends, not only tell him the dream, but also interpret the dream for him. And his astrologers and magicians said, that is impossible. There's absolutely no way we can do this. But Daniel got together his three friends and they began to seek God. And that's a key for us to learn from. When there is a problem that no one has a solution from, gather together a couple of your friends that are trusted uh, with the problem and just pray into God. God, give me the solution. Just like you did, Daniel, give it to me. And not only did Daniel get the solution, it says the secret was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. This is Daniel 2.19. So Daniel blessed the God of heaven. And Daniel introduces King Nebuchadnezzar to God and tells him, that there is a God of heaven who reveals secrets. And he has revealed the secret of your dream to me. Now, in 1 Corinthians 2, it talks about how the Holy Spirit searches the deep things of God and reveals them to those of us who believe. So know that when you need a revelation, the Holy Spirit will bring it to you from the heart of God himself. So um, I want to share with you a little vision and, and then I want to pray for you guys. But there was a vision that the Lord gave me and he was talking to me about access and ownership, how we have access and ownership. And let me just share that vision with you. So I'm, I'm praying, I'm sitting in my chair and suddenly this vision just pops up in my head and Jesus is taking me by the hand and we enter into a heavenly realm and he tells me, this is where you reside. Now, we know that the word says that we are hidden in heavenly places in Christ. So we are bilocational. We live in heaven in the spirit and we live on earth in the natural. So we understand that. And Jesus said to me, this is your home. This spiritual realm is your home and you have full access. And he showed me these different rooms. And one of the rooms specifically was a whirlwind room. And there were dark blue swirls around the room with golden yellow cues. And it looked like, I don't know, have you ever seen Vincent Van Gogh's Starry Night? That's what it looked like, the picture of his Starry Night. And he said to me, this room contains the movement of heaven on earth. And the swirls were lights illuminating in the darkness, which to me, understand is, when there's darkness, it is the light of Christ, the revelation of Christ that will swirl over the darkness 
and bring solutions, revelations, bring the presence of Jesus into it. And in this place that we were in, in this room, he was telling me that promises are released and angels are dispatched. And it's a staging place for the next season in time. Now, know that from my book, I'm telling you about the new seasons in time, the new anointings, God's new moves, and this pioneering spirit that will bring you into a new assignment that God has for you. And he reminded me that Ephesians 1.3 says, Blessed be the Father, God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. And at, in that vision, Jesus said to me, you have ownership of all that is mine. And I told the Lord, I said, there's a big difference between access and ownership. And he says, you have both. You have access to everything that's mine because you own everything. Everything that I have, I've given to you. And of course, I just read you the Ephesians scripture. So when, going back to Daniel, when he revealed the dream, God uh, moved him into a new position. King Nebuchadnezzar was so grateful for the, for the um, interpretation of the dream. And the interpretation actually prepared King Nebuchadnezzar for what was coming. And Daniel received a promotion. He was promoted to the highest position as a ruler over the providence of Babylon. He became the chief over all the wise men, over the magicians, over the astrologers, over all of them. So think about this. Think about when God promotes you to a place where those who are operating in a realm that is not of God are underneath your authority. So your authority will circumvent and squish their ability to operate in darkness. So Daniel was put over them all, and he was able to engage in these high-level spiritual realms in order to bring the answers to the natural realm. And that's what God has given us. So know that God is inviting you into a spiritual realm of revelation that you never dreamed possible. Uh, Proverbs 1, 5, and 6 out of the Passion Translation says, these kingdom revelations will break open your understanding to unveil the deeper meaning of parables. So you'll understand parables, poetic riddles, and enigmas, and to unravel the words and enigmas of the wise. So when you hear people saying it, talking, and you're like, I don't really understand what they're talking about. You can tap into that spiritual understanding it says you will break open that spiritual understanding and unveil the deep meanings of what they're talking about. And that's really what I want to release on you today, just as a, a taste, a teaser for what is to come. God wants to download to you the answers that others are seeking. God wants to make you the head of things, like in your sphere of influence, so that you become the person that people run to because they know you will have the answer. They will say, you know, I don't know what the answer is, but I know that John will have it. I know that Susan will have it. 
I know that Caitlin will have it because they carry something that we don't quite understand, but they always seem to have the solution. And I want you to receive an impartation for revelation and deep understanding that the Lord wants to give you because he has put that pioneer spirit out there and you just have to reach out and grab it and say, Lord, I want that pioneering spirit. I want to be the one that's taken territory in this season, in this day, in order for the kingdom to advance. We know that there are shifting of people coming into Christ, becoming to know him, a harvest going on. We know that there's a shifting of financing coming your way. There's a shifting of promotions into your jobs. So I want to do an impartation right now for you to receive. So Lord, there's a pioneering spirit being released to every viewer, every listener that hears this message. There's a pioneering spirit that's being stirred up and imparted into them to prepare them for the season that you have for them. God, we're just declaring right now, deep revelation is coming to them. Even there's some of you that are faced with a problem right now that after you see the show, boom, it's immediately going to drop into your spirit what to do. So we release that over you in the name of Jesus. We declare that you're going to have a Daniel ability to interpret dreams, to understand mysteries, to know the heart of God through the Holy Spirit to give you room. So I just thank you now for receiving this. Thank you for listening. I want you to know that you're the best investment you can make. So invest in yourself in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you are encouraged. If you would like more content like this, please visit cindy-stewart.com. We'll see you next time.